Good evening and welcome to the latest episode of a Sif Takers Snapshots podcast. I'm Ben Hibbert, breaking my host virginity. And with me we have Rich Polly. Hello there. And special guest Timbo Slice, producer Slim. <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> Who broke his first round uh, cut curse this weekend, didn't you? Absolutely, yep. Yeah. I was uh, uh, very pleased in a way to uh, yeah, finally make it out of the, the dreaded top 32 at a GSP online event during the lockdown. So obviously this weekend was the Coruscant event, which was the last, it was the last event, wasn't it? Yeah, the finals. Yeah, that you could only play in if you made the uh, top 32 in one of the others. Correct, yeah. Or yep. or, or the top 42nd, uh, 42 in the last one, because the, oh, the invites rolled down. So oh, yeah, one, <laughs> one, a, couple, uh, a funny story, um, it's not funny, Fr- friend of the show, Matt Coggins, from um, down in uh, Somerset, Bristol, Taunton, where is he? Bridgewater, that's where he lives. Um, <laughs> came came thirty third in the UK time zone one, and he got an invite because somebody from the top thirty two in the UK time zone one dropped. But the last event, the invite rolled down to like forty two, and he was hammering at Dion, going, "Come on, you've got to give me an invite, man! You've got to give me an invite." I came thirty third in the in the biggest one in the UK, and come on, you've got to give me an invite, man. Dion was like, "I can't, I can't do it, I can't do it." I can't. <laughs> Eventually, somebody dropped, um, so he got an invite, and he just about got it in. Well, he played three rounds and dropped because he did terribly. So after all that effort, but um, yeah. Anyway, anyway, carry on. Interesting yes. aside. <laughs> so uh, the winner was Charlie Cloet. I think it was from South Africa, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the runner-up was Farn with more bugs. So shall we? Uh, shall we talk about some of the lists and uh, Tim's run? On the event that he was definitely dropping from. <laughs> I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing until I lose two. He said, and he's still there at one in the morning. Go I, on. I, I, I mean, this is it. I, I will. I will. Well, it's, it's worse than that. I, I think I finished at half two, didn't I? But um, essentially, um, I've been bugging the Sif Taker chat for a good week or two beforehand. Uh, I think I've spoken to Ben privately as well. Um, and I just didn't, yeah. didn't have any enthusiasm for a list or kind of playing in a competitive event. Um, and if it wasn't for the fact it was just $10 to enter, um, I was, probably wouldn't have bothered. If it was like a $25 event, I don't think I would have entered. And then Also I- throughout the day, every match you're like, yeah, I'll just do this last one. And then I'm definitely calling it quits. I'll just do this last one. <laughs> but yeah, I mean... I kind of like my my sort of my sleep cycle and and I wake up quite early for work and you know so I, I tend to try and get to bed about 10 o'clock so I wasn't looking forward to a 4am finish potentially we would have had um but it wasn't that bad I think um I think the last game wrapped up at 3am on the Saturday into the Sunday um from the Swiss um but yeah if I if I had made it through to the final um I probably would have had about 3 or 4 hours sleep before work um on monday and as it is i i put in for half a day's uh half a day off work anyway today so uh <laughs> but yeah it was sleep the, sounds plenty i think the final wrapped up at a, just after midnight because i was kind of half watching it um and then ended up just going to bed because it was really boring at one point like it was interesting <laughs> in one well, way like it was a bit backwards and forwards and you know ships were exploding and stuff but then in another sense i was like Oh, just watching these is terrible. Plus, the, the the coverage started to get a bit odd because Fan was, I think, at like one o'clock in the morning and Charlie was at like two o'clock in the morning. And they were both just 
like forgetting to move ships and chat was going mad like it was shouting like roaring about the fact that they were missing triggers and all this stuff was going on and like the the commentary team and the judge team were like trying their best to keep everything on track but they were getting really specific and really concerned about minor details like oh he's flipped the wrong card off his damage deck and i'm like man just he's flipped one just leave it just put the other one back it's fine just crack or let them play the game <laughs> like they kept pausing the timer and like oh no, I mean, like well, I don't know if they paused the timer but like they kept jumping into the game and I was just like oh, I can't be bothered with this no, <laughs> I, I think I think that actually link it sort of links into very much the sort of discussions and decision makings we mm-hmm. had around the uh, moving away from one day regionals um, certainly when we started run, running them in the UK and then moving to the two-day format because it was um, it was sort of more of an endurance competition than actually a, a challenge of X-wing players. And I remember seeing one final that someone was streaming from a one-day event, and they're playing the final at like yeah one two o'clock in the morning. And I think it was I think it was Rasta. I can't remember who he was playing on the final, but just halfway through the game, he just picked up one of his ships and put him off the side of the board. And he's like, oh, uh, I don't know why I've done that. And it was just because he was tired. And, you know, I think that's it. You know, players do make mistakes and some people will handle it better than others. Uh, you know, the the tiredness and, you know, the sort of the pacing yourself through the day and everything. So, um, no, absolutely. Yeah, so I think I messaged the uh, group chat at the start of the final and just said, because it was um, essentially Swarm versus Swarm and they had up to two hours, having run like finals before, it could take the entire two hours. So I think I messaged you guys and said, I'm calling it at night and going to bed. Um, but I suppose that would be good in a way if it didn't run on quite as long. I was long in bed by that point. <laughs> yeah, it had um, it had like fifteen minutes left, I think, when I stopped watching it, and like it was a, it was like they were just trading ships eventually. Like um, Charlie got up on the damage race; his aggressors were not dying, and Fan was running out of health on his Nantex, and his his green dice held out on a couple of turns where. He had like a ship on one health with no tokens that lived through three shots just by rolling exactly the right amount of evades um, when it had, you know, nothing to do. And then like, it's just one of those ones where you, it always felt like it was going to go Charlie's way, but Fan, because he's such a good player, was kind of staying in it. But like kind of the weight of the Sloan Swarm just brought shall it back. We, uh, shall we just say what the two lists were if we're going to talk about it? That's probably a good idea. Um <laughs> So Charlie Collette yeah, was on. doing um, an aggressive Sloan Swarm. So he had, uh, what's it called? Ferro? I can't yeah, think what it's Cap- called. Cap- the Reaper. Ferroff. Yeah, Ferroff. And then he just had five aggressors with dorsal turrets and Sloan, really. Yeah, so he had Ruthless and the whole upgrade on um, Ferroff as well. Um, but Ferroff's the one that if your opponent spends their token to get more hits, you get a free evade. Um, so yeah. he's um, he, he lives you. quite a long time. And in the... In the, the final, there was a turn where he was stressed and Fan basically blocked everything, but I think it was a three bank to the left over a gas cloud. And that was the move that Charlie did. And that meant that a double stressed Ferroff was able to escape and basically circle round while yeah. everything, you know, and, and stay alive. And had Fan popped that at that point, if he'd blocked it and killed it at that turn, then um, I think it would have been game over. But because Charlie got his 60-point ship out of the way, cycling round and just being 
you know, completely irrelevant to the fight at that point, except for occasionally given a reroll. Um, yeah, it would have been a different game. But um, Fan, on the other hand, was playing five Nantex with Crackshot, yeah. the I3 ones, and a Techno Union Bomber, just naked, just to fill in his points. So I mean, it's a prime example, isn't it, of us deciding that a list has been completely nerfed and Fan stuck with it because they're still good. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody said that five's probably still good, and he's done rather than doing five of the I four ones, he's done five of the I three ones so he can get crack shots in, because um, obviously crack shots are important. Um, and then he's he's just filled his points in. And I mean, I think you're right. The the community knee jerks against it. I don't know how many um, Nantex lists are actually in the tournament, but I think Fan was the only one in cut. Maybe I think he was the only one in cut. Yeah. Uh, should we should we start going up through the cut then, and we can see what? Or just just before we there. just before we um, jump off Farn's list, I mean, one thing that's quite interesting for me, and you know, Farn is a very experienced and successful player, um, but with twenty five points, you know, I think certainly I would have, I would have probably like gone for the five PS fours, or even like spend that twenty five points on, you know, uh, gravitic deflection on uh, the five. If I think they've got a double talent slot, haven't they? Uh, no. Uh, the the P the I three's only got one talent. Okay, so I mean that's interesting that he's taken the, the you know the the bomber is just basically a chunky blocker, isn't he? Um, because he's not no he's got no munitions, he's got no bombs or anything like that. Um, so really he's just either yeah he's well I mean because they've got mod slots. I, I mean honestly I don't know. I mean it's it's obviously worked for him because it got him through to the final. Um, but I think yeah I think five is still good. They are still good. I'm surprised we didn't see more of them, to be honest. Because I think it's a bit like when Palp got nerfed in 1.0, we all decided it was rubbish. And then, like a year or two down the line, everyone started playing it again. Like, oh, wait, it is still good. Yeah, I think I think this is what you know, the points and the meta, you know, sort of correction should do, the updates, is they should take stuff from being ridiculously good that everybody's taking it and everybody's winning it to being good. And it's 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 bringing it back slightly so that you know there are other good lists out there and it's it's fighting rather than dominating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just I was just looking. I mean, the Stalgas and Hive Guard, their only slot is one talent slot. So yeah. there was no nowhere else he could spend those points other than by spending twenty five points on something, um, or having a twenty five point bid. So. Um, <laughs> Coward. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he could have he could have put a vulture droid in with a few other bits and bobs on it. Like he he could have put in, um, I don't know, a, a trade federation drone with maybe discord missiles, possibly. I, I mean, if I, I wanted to, but I mean, absolutely. I will say I'm not saying that it's a bad choice. I just it was an interesting choice, and um, I say it obviously worked uh, at the weekend. Hyena's got quite a lot, uh, a decent amount of hole though, hasn't it? As well, you know, vultures pop. Yeah. Sure. You don't you don't tend to one shot a hyena. Yeah, I mean, if uh, I watched a couple of the games he was playing, um, or no, just one of the games he was playing actually, and he was just taking a target lock the first opportunity he got, and then after that he was just um, calculating. So he was getting a double monitor shot on something, um, and then once his target lock disappeared, he took a target lock again, and that was just you know, it was just there to um, to pop things like to to throw um, just couple of dice at initiative one once everybody had spent all their tokens on offense and defense from the big shots and he was there 25 points just plinking damage here and there you know and they say he's got to the final and having won what was it three of the invitation the the, the previous ones or two so, yeah. um 
with Nantex. It, it was a fair no, play to him. I think it was two, for, actually. Yeah, it was fair play to him for not dropping the list, though, wasn't it? Um, yeah. What, what do you think of... Um, do you think that with the Nantex having had their points hit, that Sloan is going to be the next boogeyman? Sloan's always been there in the background, though, aren't they? You know, doing quite well. I mean, I know a lot of... Um, Colum used... Not Colum. Um, I can't think of his name. But it's quite a lot of people who've flown Sloan and, and been successful. It's just not been widely picked up. Yeah, it's it's a very good list, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I think there Even... was one Sloan Swarm made cut in this one. Um, There's one with um, uh, Chirino, isn't there? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah um, Steve um, Cotillo, uh, Rear Admiral Chirino, Storm Tactics, Death Troopers, Sloan, Agile Gunner, Hull Upgrade, Dauntless, and then three of the generic Alpha Squadron Interceptors. Yeah. So. They're a bit scary. Yeah, I mean, scary. I, I think Sloan's very similar to to the First Order sort of Malara Swarm, um, so very, like, a bit like my list, and it's just um, that sort of consistent two-dice attack sort of swarm. Um, but then with Sloan, you've got the added... Um, I don't know what you'd uh, sort of not sort of detriment is it? It's uh, sort of punishment of when you actually kill one of the ships, you then get double stressed, and then certain uh, ships like aces, you know, that's almost death for them because that shuts them yeah. da- shuts them down the next turn. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It messes with your target priority, doesn't it? Yeah. So you can't just wipe something out before it gets chance to shoot. Yeah, watching fan playing it he wasn't caring like he was just opening <laughs> up on stuff just trying to kill it and he was like if i take something off the board then you still have to kill me with your other ships so you know and you get one turn tokenless and then the turn after that you clear your second stress and and you know you've got something but um no, no, I, mean, no. I was just looking looking down the lists um what was there how many empire six empire made cut Six FO, seven scum, four rebels, two cis, seven resistance, and no Galactic Republic. So that's... hopefully the ETA two will sort that out. I mean that's surprising because <laughs> you know that that what was it like three arcs Warthog. and wolf and um yeah warthog um that seemed like quite a solid list. Yeah, I don't know. Did anybody play that? It might come down to that. It's it's a bit dull, isn't it? Yeah, I mean that's one of the reasons because that was a list I was considering. Um, so. It looks like there are four warthogs. It's four lats in it. They're all warthog. Yeah. Uh, somebody's played. Daniel Gill has played lat plus two arcs and the Jedi Knight. Um, Simon Rotofsky has played lat plus a bunch of stuff with, with four torrents. Um, Damian Vodja has played a lap with three arcs with synchronized console and all sorts of other places with his upgrades. So and look- then. Ian Becker's played Warthog with one arc and four torrents, which is a good strong list. Like, um, but it's quite one-dimensional, though, isn't it? Well, no, absolutely. But none of them have ended up anywhere near the top. Well, so I was going to say, so Ian Becker was the top. He went three and three and finished sixty-eight out of one hundred eighty-seven. Yeah, which is, you know, I think surprising because um, having seen that list play a little bit, I thought it was quite a reliable list. But I mean, potentially. Um, Maybe it doesn't do enough swarm, like it doesn't swarm well enough, and perhaps it doesn't, and then aces are not so fussed by it. I, I don't know. 
Um, Very low agility as well, though, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the, the highest ether sprite was in the bottom half of the list of the, of the standings as well. So it's a shame because uh, they're really nice looking ships, but they just had the time in the sun, didn't they? Yeah, fun, fun to play, but uh, it seems yeah. that they're not doing well. So, shall we uh, start going through the list then? Yeah, go on then. Yeah. Shall we start with the th- top thirty-two then? Or do you might as well start from the top down? I would have thought because. We've done the top. Yeah, well, we've done the top two, haven't we? So, I'm easy. We get to me quicker as well. <laughs> three, and, three, three, and four are, are the two guys who made top four are easy to do because they've got the same list. Oh yeah. Um, so <laughs> now it's four A wings is the new thing, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. So it's like uh, Nick, do you want to do this over. one, Rich? Because you are our resident resistance player. Nerd. Um, oh, yeah. Right. So Nick Tobin and Marcel Manzano. I understand that they know each other in real life, and they've probably hive mind this list together. Um, but basically, you've got um, the three I-5A wings that are cheap enough to take, so not Lulu, with um, Starbird Slash, Heroic, and uh, Proton Rockets and Advanced Optics. So they're all worth in and around 50 points. Tally and Sefton at 48 and ZZ at 53. Um, and then Merle Cobbin, the new I-1, with Intimidation and Advanced Optics. So obviously... Um, a couple of these were played on the stream, and the, the tactic appears to be you're 188 points, so it's a clever list because you're bidding under most Bobber lists at the moment, and Bobber really doesn't like proton rockets, and he really <laughs> doesn't like I-5s moving after him um, when you know, you've know you got repositions and you can dodge his arcs and all sorts of stuff. So um, I saw, I think it was uh, Marcel playing against one of the other lists, which was a dash chopper list, and um, Sefton went to one health I think incredibly early, maybe like the first or second engage, but then was behind um, the the VCX Hera, um, and it was just like, well, it might take a few turns, but Sefton's eventually going to kill that Hera, and there's nothing she can do about it. What does Sefton do? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, it's not about his up his, his abilities. Blank. He's the guy that can pass off an evade token after oh, he boosts. Right, right. Yeah, um, but I-5. it's just the fact that he's an I five and he's moving <laughs> after her. So, you know, it was like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, Hera's, all of Hera's jank, all, you know, all she could do basically was take one amidships and then, um, like, try a K-turn. But it's going to be really obvious when she's going to do that. So he just dials in a five straight and then, you know, double repositions out of arc and then is behind her again. So, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, it was... Um, it was an interesting game to watch because it really looked like the rebels had him on the on the ropes. But it's a hyper effective list; like it really is very very good. Um, I think it's quite an aggressive list, isn't it? From what I've been told, I, I think that was how it was played on stream. Um, they were hunting the proton rocket shots early, um, and they were firing them single modded just to get them off um, to, to get something off the table. Um, and then once they'd fired the proton rockets, they were basically turning out and just kiting away. Um, and so, then like flying them like A-wings basically. So for, from my point of view because um, Nick uh, was actually the one that knocked me out in the top 8 with this list mm-hmm. um, so from sort of my... Spoiler alert! Yeah, so um, <laughs> so from my experience um, the Starbird Slash wasn't overly effective it was alright um, but because I was straining, my list strains itself anyway so it was, yeah, most of the stuff that he was straining was already strained um, but there was a couple of times where he actually went to do it and then realised, like, um, like he went to strain, like, a, an SF, and actually I was, my turret was pointing out the back, and then was like, oh, no, no, I can't do that, because then, obviously, he has to take a strain himself. Um, 
I was quite unlucky and also perhaps just misjudged a few distances or just really hoped that I could jam um, a couple of the A-wings because <laughs> if you can jam them and stop that focus token, then they can't do their, their procket shot. And equally, there was one turn where Malarus shot first. Uh, could sh The only shot I could take was into ZZ and I opted not to shoot because uh, if I didn't force ZZ to spend that focus token, she can then take another focus token and then she could have, and she had bullseye shot into one of my TIE fighters. She could have fired her five dice proton rocket and then use a focus token for the focus effect and then a focus token to the blank to a hit with advanced optics. Nice. Um, so, uh, yeah, force me not to shoot at that point. I quite like the, uh, the next list down. I mean, it's nice to see Nim doing well again. So you've got uh, Ernest. Ernestes Romanacus. Sorry, I know I butchered it, but I'm not very good at English names either. <laughs> you properly farmered that one, didn't you? But you could have just yeah. said uh, uh, Ernestus and then just left it at that. Yeah, but it's no fun then, is it? Someone gets my name really wrong. Yeah, Ben Ben Hibort, something like that. <laughs> You'd be the new Alex Bort before you know it. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that guy? I've never heard of him. <laughs> Um, so he's got, it's just Bobber, but it's Nim, uh, with Expert Handling, Ion Turret, Dengar, Seismic Charts, Proton Bombs, Hull Upgrade, Havoc, and Trajectory Simulator. I think we've seen this list before, actually. Um, different person playing it, but it's, it's just nice to see Nim about again, because like, Nim was like the first ship that came out when I first started playing. So I always like to see him do well. So this yeah. um, this is the one that Marcel knocked out in top eight. Was it on stream by any chance? Not um, sure. I don't think so. Um, okay. I, I, did, I got a, a, an in-depth battle report about one game that um, one of the resistance jousting squads had against this. And um, yeah, it was um, basically the, the resistance player said, I'm not going to engage you um, because of Boba. Um, so I'm going to wait until... You know the last two third or the last third of the game, and then come in and try and half point something. And he was left again with Boba left on one hole, uh, and <laughs> Captain Nim left on one hole. Um, so he lost the game because both of them had one hole left, and they've both got oh. a hull upgrade on there. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, I, I feel yeah. like this was on stream because I think when I was when Nick beat me, I think Marcel had won on stream. I think that was that was obviously top eight. So I feel like that probably was on stream but i'm not too sure cool i mean it feels like this is the list that marcel and nick's list existed to beat um yeah. boba plus boba plus another medium base ship mm. um so proton rockets against an, um one health captain nimmy's not going to last long um i imagine that boba plus one was the most obvious lists that were going to do well yeah i mean post a points nerf a lot of people will fall back onto the thing that they know is good and the thing that people know is good is Boba Fett, isn't it? Because he is good. So, um, yeah. Some may but say I mean, too good. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you get these, um, you get these lists, uh, like like these tournaments, and you get as much Boba in the top cut and in the top half as you get in the bottom half, because you know if Boba's rerolls don't come up with paint, and you know, or or somebody flies him into trouble and doesn't slave one away at the right point, then you know suddenly you've got, you know no Boba left or half of a Boba against a, a full list or whatever. And it's, yeah. 
it's at times. Yeah, so after um, Ernestus, we've got Steve we've talked about, and Tim, Tim, Let's tell us about, about your him. list, Tim. We don't, we don't need to talk So <laughs> Next one is so, uh, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> so interesting points about Tim's list. Um, you took um, like a, a First Order swarm-ish thing, including two XI shuttles, Z-class light shuttles, instead of picking between Malarus and Gideon Hask, you took both of them. Um, so can you chat us through the, your decision process, why you did that? Yeah, so um, I think I was chatting to Ben in the week, and I'm not sure if Ben sent me the list or I'd seen it on the stream. Um, I think probably a bit of both. I think we were talking about it on stream, if I remember right. Yes. Or maybe in between the streams. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's a list I've seen, and... Uh, as you guys know, I, I've played an awful lot of swarms over, uh, you know, since sort of two point uh, has come out. So it, it immediately sort of appealed to me like that. So I, I had a little look at it. Um, for me, the PS One, so the Initiative One uh, Tie Fighters, um, TN's got a great ability. So that's the one where it can suffer a crit for uh, if you're in naught to one of the defender. Um, and for the attack roll to then change, I think it's a black blank to a crit. So it helps you push that extra damage through. But I was thinking about what else was in the meta, and you know, droid swarms, other Malarus swarms, um, the, the the droid gunships, uh, all initiative one, um, and you know, Sloan swarms as well. And I was thinking um, that actually I might want to try and uh, sort of um, initiative kill uh, ships. So I was playing around with, if I didn't take TN, what could I do with the three points? And I think, you know, I, I was like spamming our group chat, you know, you know, the days leading up to the event saying, well, I could do this, could do that. Um, I considered uh, automated target priority on a couple of ships and this, that and the other. But in the end, I, I decided to go for the uh, the two initiative twos. And I actually think that was kind of a bit of a master stroke over the weekend because uh, it gave me real flexibility on manoeuvres, because all my, my, my two SFs and my two um, First Order TIE Fighters, were um, they were all the same initiative, which allowed me to then uh, you know, basically move them all in turn, rather than have two of them move, then two of them move. Um, so avoiding bumps, maximising my actions and everything like that. Um, and then taking Gideon as well as Malarus, uh, made me uh, made my offensive output uh, a lot better than the normal Malarus Swarm because suddenly if I get a damage card on an enemy ship, my range 2 and range 3 shots, I can actually pump 3 dice into them. And then So you roll your 2 red dice. If they've got a damage card, you can then take a strain to roll a red dice for Gideon's ability. And then you have the compulsory Malarus. If there is a blank, you take a strain to roll it. And then if you've got the focus token, the amount of times I was doing two or three hits consistently um, was really high. And, you know, I had some good games with good dice, but I think it's just all those passive re-rolls. The passive re-roll, the adding the dice, getting the focus tokens, and I was just pushing damage through. Um, D. Young watched uh, my game versus uh, Thomas Schultz. Uh, who's Ketch, which was the Wedge, Han, Jake that we'll come on and talk about. And I think I basically 200, was it 240, I think I won. Um, so that's the top 16 game. And I won. I remember it being a big win because you said in the uh, group chat. Oh, I mean, I mean, that was the game where not only did I call like my maneuvers perfectly and unfortunately Thomas just 
you know, perhaps didn't expect a couple of my maneuvers and just ended up so like Jake uh, went five forwards expecting my swarm to sort of bank around a debris and I just hard two turned straight at the debris and deleted Jake and then charged straight through that uh, half half uh, Han at range three range two uh, with just repeated shots because once I'd got that damage card onto Han everything was then rolling that extra red dice and Han just couldn't tank the damage um, and then I think he obviously expected me to chase after Han, but again, I just went one forward, two forward with everything, clearing all my strains that I'd just taken in that combat phase, and Wedge just went straight forwards into the swarm, and I think I can't remember if I halved Wedge or if I just wiped him out, um, and then it is basically my entire swarm. Uh, I think I possibly lost one SF by that point uh, against half of Han, um, which was a lot closer um, because Han was a lot more manoeuvrable than my, my slow swarm. Um, but yeah, it's just that consistent uh, consistent damage. I mean, there's no upgrades in this list. Uh, and it's just I, consistent firepower. I must admit, Tim, I had a look at the screenshot that you grabbed where just before you killed Jake, and I thought to myself, <laughs> what on earth is he doing? Because Jake was halfway across the board, literally in the middle of the board, in the middle of a debris field right in front of your entire swarm, which he's moved after. So he's moved after your swarm and he still ended up there. And Han and Wedge are still in his deployment zone. Like, so he'd completely stranded. Like, I get that Han and Wedge had probably not moved at that point yet, but he felt like he completely just stranded. Yeah. So essentially, I'd done like five forwards, five forwards, the first two maneuvers down my left hand flank. And he obviously was trying to get Jake behind me, um, having played against quite a few sort of similar this i know what jake's trying to do and and i've flown i've flown the tie swarm an awful lot and i know i can actually forego turns without focus tokens and i say d, d was watching and he said at the end of it he said you just didn't care about that debris field you know the, t the turn following killing jake i was like well no because i'm getting so many shots a couple of my ships got focus tokens but you know han was the only one that could shoot that following turn because of the range. I think, yeah, I think it was it was deployment. And, you know, I think if you run from the swarm, everything has to run from the swarm because the swarm likes taking on uh, isolated ships, which is why I, I tend to go very fast and very aggressive because if I can catch something and, you know, have a few pot shots into it and perhaps get some early damage, that puts me ahead. So I think it's worth yeah. worth the risk. I think the um, the I twos were a good choice as well because you could initiative kill anything. You know, with the other versions, they're all running I ones, aren't they? So I played a um, I played a droid bomber list that was all hyena bombers, and essentially first round of shooting killed a bomber, second round of shooting killed a bomber, and it's just taking a gun off the table each time. Um, and I, I may have lost I may have lost a ship in that initial engagement because you know the amount of like plasma torps and stuff that are coming out but you know I'd killed the two concussion bomb uh, equipped droids in the first two rounds of combat um, and that's like shooting at range two and three because again the bombers uh, the separatist list were great for me because as soon as I get that damage card on hey that's unlocked Gideon and I'm suddenly rolling three dice at range two and range three against the bombers and they just basically almost like stripped all their network calculate you know the calculate tokens um just doing damage into them and um yeah it's getting those concussion bombs off was massive and then i played a seer swarm 
that had it had four uh, initiative three, so it had like two precise hunters, two separatist drones, seer, and then had two of the um, what do they call it? The is it the Hauer Choir? You know, there's initiative ones that have got uh, if you target if if as uh, an enemy in your bullseye targets another ship, you can do a calculate or target lock action. Uh, but because yeah. those two were PS ones in the first engagement, I killed both of them. And I, I loved what you did to the name of those ships there. Like that was that was amazing. I can't remember, oh, I can't remember what it's called. It, off, it's the Hay or Chal prototype, isn't it? That one, something yeah. like that. Anyway, but um, <laughs> but, but again, you know, because so so I think if you take Malarus on your own on its own, uh, you don't take Gideon, then maybe you do take the six initiative one fo tie fighters because the idea being i mean that is 200 points but you know try and go last if you can be if you if you shoot last you're taking all those strains from malarus um after everything else is shot so it's almost no consequence because then you just clear it all with blues the next turn um but my thought was if i actually just initiative killed the ships they're not shooting me back anyway um and i and i found that with um having played my swarms into droid swarms for quite a while with the um which one was the tactical relay that uh, gives them the calculates when you kill something um TA175 yeah so a lot of people would say like you don't kill you don't kill the you know the the, uh, the vultures in the first engagement you try and spread your damage around and then you pop a load um, but I actually found by just taking guns off the table they're just not doing damage back to you um so I think yeah initiative killing is massive and you know the, the amount of consistent firepower that can come out of this list it allowed me to uh, to win um quite a few of those matchups i mean there was a few other variants on on the list with the, the malarus so um i had it a second ago so a uh, brand uh brendan uh who is on the sith takers chat and we of us kind of know him he was flying um the the tn3465 plus rivas plus four epsilons plus Mal- uh, malarus yep um version at 198 and then uh, there was somebody else flying i think it's malarus and three epsilons and kylo um which is I obviously like an, an attempt to give yourself an end game piece that they have to worry about that it's was basically ace mini swarm yeah it? that was yeah, everyone likes ace mini swarm that was uh, mario Lorido who i played in top 32 mm-hmm. <laughs> and um yeah when i saw you the... smashed him up well so so well this I is mean, it. Tim so, made it to top eight and he didn't so yeah <laughs> so well so this this is it with with this matchup in particular he had an ace and a mini swarm so i t- i put my swarm into his swarm although he did obviously try he knew he couldn't joust me so he almost set up to joust and then was like no actually i need to run away so he was running away as my guys just went five forwards and just chased after him um and then we we still got the engagement um it it was it was close i mean i only won 137 to 94 um but again i was just able to ps kill a couple of his tie fighters before they could actually uh shoot and then uh, all that consistent firepower into his Malarus meant that you know I could take his Malarus off the table, um, and then I think did I get half a Kylo in the last turn to secure the win? 
I recall you saying that on group chat that you um, yeah, so he he needed to double reposition to get a shot to half point something without losing Kylo to win or without losing half on Kylo to win and he didn't so he didn't get the shot and you got half on Kylo anyway yeah. which increased your five I think you said you were five points ahead in the last turn and if he'd double repositioned Kylo and got a shot and halved something he'd have won yeah but he had to not lose kylo or not lose half on kylo and then you obviously blinked half on kylo anyway that, um, so. yeah so we, we did have a quick chat after the game so it, it it basically came down to uh so one of my tie sfs if he had got uh he only had to do one or two damage to, it to get to half points so it had like a shield or two left if he'd done that he would have gone to the lead but i still would have been able to shoot I think possibly there's another TIE fighter and there was Kylo, so there was points left on the table for me to try and get. But looking at the arc of Kylo, he it was if he if he had boosted, I don't think he had arc. If he barrel rolled, he didn't have arc. I felt he had to do both, but obviously I'm not gonna say that. Um <laughs> and I think he barrel rolled and took a target lock and didn't have arc. Uh and it was very close, but I think in that situation uh, I think you have to you have to just go all in and just hope. But then if he does the d- double reposition, that's the turn where Kylo might blank out on his attack roll or roll one or two, you know, hits or you know, paint. Um, so it's a massive gamble either way. Because um, yeah, you know, and, and and as I say, I think I summed up my run. Um, certainly, my Swiss run was that, you know there was a mixture of I felt good flying, good decision making, good list sort of building, good matchups, and obviously luck. You know, you need you need a little bit of luck, um, sort of, to go your way. Um, well done. No, yeah, no. Let's stop uh, patting Tim on the back now. Let's move on. He's had his moment. I will say. I will. <laughs> I will, I will say one thing though. Uh, yeah, drawing uh, Timo Rabe in round one was just like that. Was just like, yeah, sure. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose this, and then I can play my one or two other games and and drop, and everything's fine. Um, but I seriously, that was probably the best submarine I've ever had, winning the next five. Uh, full on, so. full on cosplay of the hunt for Red October. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, Timo, Timo was very nice. He sent me a message, um, sort of saying, "Well done after after the day." So, because uh, I think he went three three in the end, didn't he? Because he, well, I don't know why, but he or he lost some and then dropped or whatever. But because uh, he didn't make a cut. No, no. I think he, I think he was three three or he was there thereabouts. And um, I mean, it was you know, it is the finals of a series, so. You know, yeah. the, you know the player quality is, you know, very good. Uh, you, and you, Tim, good. Um, and me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> both, both of us were queuing up to say that, but Ben was faster. So. Yeah. Um, I'm good at so insulting people. That's my thing. If we if we jump on the the next guy, um, Brendan Morrissey. There's a couple of these resistance jousty squads in. Um, so Brendan had um Rose Finn. Um, I mean, it's a big chunky Finn. It's 42 points of Finn, heroic advanced optics, and perceptive co-pilot. So that's yeah, also that's known like as what is it a 98 percent. Like it's like an, it's, it's like, I think it's like, like a 90, 99.2% chance or a 98.7% oh. chance or something. It's like, you just, you know, because you basically have to blank out twice um, for it not to <laughs> not to roll three hits, I think. I bet you um, could do that. Oh, definitely, 100%. <laughs> um, and I mean, that's that's just a really joisty, uh, good joystick squad. He's put R68 on there, which I think is the new Snap Droid, which is the Predator Droid. Um, so I think he's probably running that. A little bit behind and trying to create a bit of a parking lot but um i saw one uh kind of snatches he played this on stream at one point i think it was the game that he lost um and he just got i think he got pulled apart by fan i think fan just absolutely minced him with them with the nantex because obviously... i guess the bugs joust better don't they oh yeah 
Well, the, inter- um, the interesting thing for me is having seen Brenda's list because I played him in one of the, I think at GSP Rome, and it was this list obviously without Merle, but the other Red Squadron expert. So he's been buying this particular list or this similar build for quite a while. Um, so yeah, obviously very practiced with it. And yeah, the R sixty eight. So yeah, while you perform an attack, you may re-roll a number of attack dice up to the number of friendly ships at range naught to three that have the defender in their bullseyes. Mm-hmm. So oh. it's, pre- it's predator for yourself. Well, super predator plus, you, plus, plus you might get more. So it's the same as predator oh, yeah, all yeah. the time, but you might get another reroll if you're lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after that, we have uh, Andreas Tolmoon. Is it Cal? Yeah. Cal- I can never remember. Ka- but Ka- he's Cal- a- Cali Toolman. We've actually he's actually coming on stream on Wednesday. Yeah, he's a good player. I mean, he's yeah, flying he the he's flying the same list that Bob and him. Um, Isn't he the... the one who flew it first and did quite well with it, if I remember I th- rightly? I think so. I think there's a hive mind going on with that, though, because it's exactly the same as um, Ernestus's. Yeah, I, I remember him doing well in one of the other events with it. Yeah, he's a good player. Um, he's well. He, he was well known on TTS before um, before the end times. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's kind of. In improving his or increasing his reputation. I don't know if he played a lot live. Um, like I, I didn't know about him live, but um, since all of the big tournaments have been going to TTS, he's been um, he's been a fixture at the top he's, end. Of he's been in all our events. Yeah, yeah, he's a good player. I've played a couple of casual games against him, and he's very good. Um, much better than me. Well, it doesn't sound. I mean, up, who but... isn't? Yeah. <laughs> um, so we've talked about the next one already, which was Wedge Hand Jake. Um, so it's a good list. Um, we know it's a good list. Um, four dice out of hand with Trickshot and Kane and Jarrus pretty much all the time. Um, just parking yourself on those debris fields that you've brought and clustered around the middle. I am surprised he hasn't got um, R2-D2 on hand. You know what? That actually came up during the game where I think um, I, I obviously like halved Han and then he was just like, oh, I wish I had R2-D2. And uh, we, we we all had a little sad chuckle, but yeah, <laughs> uh, and you were pretty happy about it. It uh, looks like he was building the list, and he realised he had like eight points left over, and he couldn't remember what was missing, so he put afterburners on wedge. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then after he'd submitted it, he went, "Oh no, R two D two. That's why I had so many points left." Crap. I, I've done that before. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it was it was interesting. Um, yeah, I think interesting way way the game ended up against me because I would have thought like normally you'd have Jake hanging around the other two to because he passes off focus tokens, doesn't he? Yeah, so, yeah. That, that that's why I was surprised when I was watching. I looked at your screenshot and I saw Jake so far away from the other two. I was like, he should just be behind Wedge and Han, yeah. just giving them focus tokens and letting them then reposition and take their additional actions and stuff. I mean, um, seems... Especially flying into a swarm, what you want Wedge to be doing is taking one of your ships off. Hmm. Like, like, or you want Wedge in hand to be PS killing a ship every turn using double mods. And if you want a shit tokenless Jake who's worth 40 points instead of 100 point Han or, you know, 63 point Wedge, then, you know, fair play to you. But, um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's a good list anyway, that one. He's done well to get it that far. Yeah. Um, after that, Benjamin Wetton. Mm-hmm. Beautiful name. Wetton, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> droid Swarm. So um, it's what, one, two, three, four, five, seven ships of plasma torpedoes. So it's the anti or a version of the anti bomber swarm. Well, so it's, it's um, yeah, two, two bombers with the plasma torps. You've got the probe droids in there. 
You've actually got the Baptoid prototype as well, so it's got the Diamond Boron missile. So that's very yep. that's very good against swarms and stuff, obviously, because you can. Um, that's the one, isn't it? It's like a bubble. Yeah. 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 It's like of the same initiative or lower or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but um, you roll a dice, don't you? It's not a definite hit. No, I think it's a fifty-fifty chance, isn't it, of doing a damage. Yeah. Um, so I think that's uh, I, I saw a lot of people thinking or, or taking that for the Nantex uh, matchup because uh, obviously they they tend to fly, uh, fly quite clustered, and then nobody played Nantex apart from Fan. Yeah, but there's still quite a lot of swarms around. Um, yeah, but who who was right though? <laughs> so I mean, we're getting down into kind of swarm territory because we've had that um, separatist swarm. Then um, Niels Voss, who's also played in all the Sith Taker events. Is flying the the six 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 the um however you say it um two fangs four spacers two with tractors two with ions so uh, young Will Watley um localish player plays at IQ he's been using this Dave Sutcliffe was using this you've used I, it Ben I was you? using it for a long time yeah, well, yeah. until yeah. it failed me at the system open and I've never played it since well, it's the... a really good list though isn't it I know it just offended me so <laughs> I've put them away and I've never got them out again upset you personally. I can... Yeah, yeah. We're not friends, we're not speaking. They're off a Christmas card list, they can get out of it. Well, I say it's um it's uh Actor Khan, isn't it, that also um flew this yeah, quite, he's played quite it, a lot yeah. of success with yeah. it as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's just it's super efficient, isn't it? Like yeah. everything in that list just is is just perfectly formed to do exactly what it wants to do. It hits exactly two hundred points. I suspect that we'll see some element of it nerfed in the in the upcoming points changes. Yeah, it's like what thirty something points. Apart from the two fangs, are worth like forty each, and they just can live forever because of Concordia. It's oh, pretty it's filthy good. tractoring someone, then ioning him, then moving him, like moving him into range one of the zealot and throwing four dice at it. Yeah, yeah, and then it taking the damage in return because you've got Concordia and yeah. three green but, dice. I mean, that well, that's it with this list is it's what do you shoot first? You know, what is your biggest threat? And a lot of people might not shoot the tractor beam ones because they think they're not doing the damage, but actually they're the ones yeah. that are going to reposition you, take, a, take one of your green dice away, and then suddenly everything else then opens up and is just landing like more consistent damage. But they're only 28 points, so you put all those resources into killing yeah, a, yeah. Three, a three green ship that has a focus token, and it's only 28 points, and that's if you manage to kill it, because it, it can just live on those green dice, can't it? Yeah. The tractor's filthy as well, because obviously they're shooting at Initiative 1, so that 90-degree rotate, you're really not bothered about it. You're not worried about it. Yeah, the only time you use it is to stop yourself going off the board. Yeah. You know, that's it. <laughs> the tractor beat you towards the board. It's like, yeah, I'll take a stress and not fly off. Um... So, right, I so... want to get on this next list because I'm excited about it. Go on then. So we've got Benesh, and it's Scum and Villainy, and he's got IG-88B with elusive advanced sensors, ion cannon, auto blaster, proton bombs, contraband, hull upgrade, and IG-2000 title. And then IG-88D with exactly the same. Um, I'm just impressed that Robots made the cut. 99 points each. Yeah. So two-point bid. And uh, they're both initiative four and swarming around the place with double cannons and all sorts of nonsense. We've just good, we've like, seen her. Like, which ones are B and D? Which ones are B and D, Ben? You know. And after look, I can't remember. I just what you mean? I love the ships. So um, B is the uh, the bonus cannon attack. 
Yeah. And so double D, D the, the weird turn one. Yeah, D is if you reveal a signal loop, you may choose to do a uh, hard or a straight. So rather rather than sorry, rather than using the bank template for a signals loop, you may use the the hard three or the three straight instead. So you can K turn or talon roll, basically. No, no, it's not. No, it's no, not. No. It's not a talon. So you basically put it's... the hard temp, hard turn down, and you place yourself at the end of the hard turn, but rotated one hundred and eighty degrees. Yes, that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. So not not quite a talon. So and that and that's obviously good because essentially what you do is you'll reveal your dial. And let's say I've hard, uh, I've done a, a sloop to the right. I can then choose to either go straight, bank, or hard turn. Yeah. So you can basically and, and so, turn round. So and it's actually it's, boost before you do it as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can see you, I I hate these things because like having seen like in first edition like the way Jesper and Simeon played them, it was just like when that when you as a player are reading the moves well and dialing in the right things, they're just impossible to catch. And they're slightly better now. And then they've got three greens as well. So, and they're sharing calculate tokens. I mean, this isn't the list where they can pass the calculate tokens around because they haven't no. got that one in. But I mean, um, yeah. So, so the, the interesting thing with this as well is the fact that you've got contraband cybernetics. So you could choose to pop contraband cybernetics, and then you could then either uh, advance sensors or not, and then sloop change your th thing or or do your action afterwards if you've not advanced sensors, um, or you might do a blue maneuver. And so your opponent's trying to think where on earth this, you know, robot could end up. He could be all over the place, you know, pointing yeah. all sorts of directions. So now it's a yeah, really interesting list. Um, I just had a quick look. He actually, um, so he beat Timo Hetzel in the top 32, and Timo was running uh, in paces. And then he lost. Oh, wow. Yeah, he lost to Brendan uh, Morrissey in top 16. So Brendan was the uh, two uh, X-Wing, Rose, Finn, and Mel. Yeah. Mm. That's impressive to be aces with it. Yeah, he it must is. have flown his socks off. <laughs> I mean, he's got proton bombs, so there's always the the, the massive threat of them not wanting to get behind him and, because well, get behind him and he proton bombs them. He's got auto blasters as well, hasn't he? So you yeah. know, if he gets an ace out of arc, um, and yeah, possibly rolling crits and stuff. And he's got elusive as well, so uh, that allows him to re-roll a green dice, I believe. And then if you do a red yeah. maneuver, you recharge the the charge on it. Um, oh, it's disgusting. Yeah. So oh, <laughs> I mean, elusive always rolls blank into blank. It's useless. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, li literally, I've, I don't think I've ever seen somebody rolling an elusive into an evade. They they sometimes roll it into an eyeball when they haven't got a token. But um, yeah, it's it's one of those weird upgrades, I think, that a load of people put on ships sometimes, but then take it off and put something else on instead because it never works out. Yeah. Yes, um, so it's a good list. Um, well done, Benish. Um, we've talked about Daniel Watchnick a bit with his ace mini swarm with Kylo. Yeah. And um, Well, he's just got Kylo and four Epsilon squadrons, actually. He doesn't have, because um, he's got instinctive aim, advanced optics, and ion torpedoes. So that's a fairly obvious list, I think. Yes. Ace mini swarm in it. He has, and, yeah. and his mini swarm's got the automated target priority as well. So that is, if they miss, they can basically put a calculate onto that uh, upgrade card, and then before they engage, they can take that calculate off. Um, so yeah. you, you perhaps you take the focus, perhaps the defense, spend it, and then when you come to shoot, you can then take the calculate off to still be able to yeah. mod, mod your dice. 
And if you're worried you're in a bit of a tight spot, you can always take an evade and yep. then know that you've got a calculate sitting there to take for your turn. Or if you're if you're shooting first, you take a calculate and then you're like, well, I've still got double modded defenses now. Yeah. Um, so I did like the automated target priority when it first came out, but the more I've seen it, I'm just I don't like to be rewarded for missing. Well, I'd rather just hit. So I think there's there's one crucial drawback with automated target priority, and that forces you to shoot. Uh, within the closest range band. So it's not necessarily the closest target. So if you have multiple targets within a range band, you can choose. But if you, say, kill a ship at range one, um, and there's other ships there still at that initiative step, um, you're forced to be able to still shoot that if it's in the if it's the only ship in the closest range band. Zombie uh, ship! Well, yeah, and essentially as well... <laughs> um, uh, so I was thinking about it if I put it onto my tie SFs um, because they've got a front and rear arc. Again, it might just split up a bit more my focus fire if I'm trying to focus down a ship. Um, so it's an interesting one. Um, it's probably better in this build, I think, than than perhaps in in my build. Yeah, I think I think that's the the, the big drawback of it is the zombie ship. Um, yeah. I've not seen it happening yet, and I think the the next list, which is um, Mike Thompson or AKA Maui. Um, oh, it's Maui. I didn't notice that. Um, so he went, uh, he went into cut with five A. Um, so one of two five A players. You'll never guess who the other one was. And um, <laughs> he he had ATP just on Merle. So and this is one of the ways around it is you, you're not shooting the zombie ship because you're at initiative one and you're the only ship shooting at initiative one um, in your yeah. list. Yeah. So everything will have been cleared off at the end of initiative two that you've already killed and from. Ronith or, or whatever or the other ships and then you get to, to plink at something it's still kind of annoying because I think one of the things that was pointed out in commentary um, was that if there's something like a remote like a DRK mm, probe droid yeah. or a discord missile or something like that on, on the map and it's closer to you than the ship is you have to shoot at that um, because it's the closest valid target um, so there's a lot of interest in interplay with it but um, it's a free way to get, you know, modded shots. Um, so I, I, I really like it as an upgrade. I particularly like it on Initiative 1 stuff. I mean, the, um, I was going to say, the interesting thing, I did see it played on, I think it was on our stream, uh, or maybe Gold Squadron stream, I can't quite remember, but someone had uh, automated target priority and deliberately took that as their range 3 shot, and they took a target lock as the action, and they shot a uh, pro droid at range 3, uh, re-rolled their hit so they deliberately missed so they could bank the calculate for future turns. Um, so that was quite interesting. But, Fair enough. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, no, I, I think I mean, it, it probably works with Merle as well because you want him to get quite stuck in with intimidation as well. So um, he potentially may bump or not get an action. So being able to draw that calculate um, does help him uh, potentially sort of later on in the game. Yeah. And so next good. we've got... Um... Billy Baggins Northover, he's also in the uh, Sif Taker events. So you've got Dash Rendar with Vistan and Perceptive Co-Pilot, and we've got Hera with Intimidation, Advanced Sensors, Zeb and Sorgerera. I think um, yeah, so one thing to say with Billy is that he uh, defeated King of Swiss XY. Um, I think XY went 6-0 and, and, and finished top um, and beat him in top 32. Uh, so and that is the... it's an interesting one because 
I was just looking and uh, at, at XY's list coming next. I mean, that list is is massive. It's just two enormous, big, punchy guns with Bistan enabling Dash to shoot twice. Um, and then Hera um, with, you know, advanced sensors of target lock crashing into you with Intimidation and Zeb and then rolling five dice double modded. You, you can see what that list is doing um, yeah. and what it's set up to do. Um, and the question is, you know, can you avoid it? And from the fact that uh, Billy ended up in what was it, top sixteen? Uh, yeah, he's the yeah. last of a top sixteen. Eh? Yeah. yeah, top sixteen. He lost to Marcel, so Marcel was the four A wings with Prockets, which I think would make a mess of uh, this. Yeah. And obviously, all the A wings are moving after Hera, so Hera's intimidation is probably not going to trigger an awful lot. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. Shall we? Um, interesting one. Shall we have a quick scan through the last ones just to see if there's any lists that um, interest us? Yeah. Um, Rather than going through each one now. First one that jumps out to me is Nicholas God, who's um, made top 32 and then gone out. So he's won a bunch of our tournament, uh, our events and things that we've run. Um, so he made the event with, I think, with Nantex or a version of Nantex. Uh, yeah. But he's he's fallen back onto his um, scum and villainy kind of janky squad. So Tarani Calder with Snapshot, R5TK, Torkel Mux with Moldy Crow. So, oh, I hate Torkel Mux. He's dreadful. Um, <laughs> Captain Jostero and the Black Sun Enforcer, Star Viper, generic. Um, and basically, the whole point of this is he points four guns in one area of the board, and then um, somebody is daft enough to fly into it. You mux them to initiative zero, and then initiative kill them with everything. Um, I was going to say plus, plus Tarani snapshotting and Jostro triggering off that as well. It's, um, <laughs> well, I was going to say so. There's um, so he, he took a very similar list um, and he played it on our stream. And he, instead of the Black Sun Enforcer, he had the um, uh, basic Kirax. cartel. Yeah, yeah, the cartel. Yeah. Uh, but oh, yeah, yeah, like fit with feedback array, and we were actually chatting. I think that was just before Dathomir, and we were chatting about what list he was going to take, and he said he wasn't going to take that list because Nantex beats it. Um, and then obviously now that the Nantex are less popular, uh, he's sort of gone back to his slight, slightly different list. Um, but yeah, certainly getting those um, the snapshots, and then potentially uh, Captain Justero shooting as well, um, basically being able to shoot at something before it's been able to token up or reposition. That's an interesting point, though, to make, isn't it? When um, when the meta has um, morphed itself around a power list like the Nantex or, or whatever the given flavor of the month is, but when everything's, you know, either considering how to beat that or, or you know, what you can do against it, and then suddenly it disappears and, you know, the, the vacuum allows all sorts of nonsense to spring up and a lot of players just fall back on the one list that they know that they're solid with mm -hmm. you know i've done well with this before i'll bring it because i don't know what else to bring and you know I, i've always had that list and right now it's any plus some stuff um in the past it was dashpo or whatever but you know everybody's got that one list that they're just like oh, i don't know what to fly in this tournament i've no idea i've got no inspiration i'll just fly the thing i'm most comfortable with that I know I'll probably get three, three or four, two with, and I might make cut if I'm lucky. Happy days, oh, you know. Yeah, so. and it's a lesson I learned at one of the earlier uh, UK system opens is if your list can't beat the you know the big bo bogeyman in, in the in the room, you know that meta monster, um, and you want to do well in the event, don't take that list um, because I think it was yeah. um, oh what was that horrible list. It was um, so it's Paratani. Par yeah, Paratani. Um, I knew I couldn't beat Paratani. I took my list because uh, Bob D's famous words of, oh, don't worry, there won't be many lists there. And I think I dropped after round three, having played three Paratani lists or two Paratani lists or whatever. 
And yeah, that was the that was the meta where if you didn't play Paratani, you had to play something that could beat Paratani. Yeah. And 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 then I think the, wasn't that the tournament that the guy who won it was flying some crazy ghost build, which was like no, a he was in the final. Champ. He ended up losing it. Oh, that's right. He lost to Paratani, didn't he? In the final, he lost it was, to um... Um, Mishery. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, it's weird how we remember this stuff, isn't it? It's almost <laughs> like we're nerds. Yeah, well, um, oh, shout out to uh, Lee Dalton because that was uh, the event as well where he bullshit uh, my decimator off the board. So, um, uh, <laughs> if, if, if if I don't mention it, Lee will mention it. So, um, I'm quite impressed um, that um, Timo Hetz, Hetzel is it? Yeah, has just gone old school Imperial Aces. He's got Whisper and Duke Stealth Device, Darth Vader Fire Control, Suntear and Pred. Yeah. One nine eight. So you went what? You must have gone four two in Swiss, and uh, yeah, just got uh, knocked out by Benish in the top thirty two. But um, yeah, very very uh, interesting list to see. Um, no afterburners on Darth Vader it is often a risky maneuver because if you... how many points is um, afterburners? Uh, yeah, six. I mean, you would have thought you'd uh, lose Duke on Whisper then, wouldn't you? Because Whisper shooting last anyway. Yeah, but that means that you're pushing damage, doesn't it? Because Sunter yeah. and Darth have made them spend their tokens. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a solid list. I mean, there's uh, another um, Imperial Aces list. Uh, was Doug Howe has flown Sunter, Whisper, and Seven Sister um, with Supernatural Reflexes and Ion Missiles and Seven Sister and Passive Sensors and Fifth Brother and Whisper and just Predator on Sunter and a six-point bid. So that's good. Um, one of the things that did jump out at me, actually, and it's not a specific list, is the variety and resistance that actually ended up in the cut. Mm-hmm. So there's like uh, there's a Ray plus two A-Wings. There was five A-Wings twice. There was four A-Wings twice. And there was a couple of like resistance beefy jousty squads. So like of the seven, there was the same archetype. Well, there's like four different archetypes, really. Um, I think... Which is, I, I think it's a good sign for the faction that I prefer to play, that it's quite... Um, I think here, uh, here, Heralds of Hope um, has actually turned a few people's heads, and they've realised that there's a bit of variety in the faction. Um, and uh, it was also interesting to see uh, that somebody did play a um, what do you call it? A, a tie heavy. In- I was just about to bring that up. Yeah, Brian he, he played a double tie heavy. Yeah. So just, that, yeah. that's awesome. Like seeing the new ships, I, I love seeing the new ships going into cuts. Because yeah, often so people right. just don't use them. And he's flown Litton Dree and uh, Anononic Squadron Sentry. And uh, I was playing against a guy last night on TTS. And um, he said he played against somebody with uh, using Litton Dree. And he said, I never thought that his ability would trigger. And I couldn't figure out how, to, how, you know, how he would be able to be so effective with it. But every single turn, um, it was triggering. And it was just opening him up. And it's an interesting ability because it's one of those ones to do with side arcs. Um, so it's while a friendly ship at range 0-2 performs an attack, if you are in the defender's side arc, the attacker can re-roll one attack dice. So basically, you jam Litten into the middle of their squad in, on like an angle, and then you just shoot the things that are in the side arcs. Um, so it's pretty cool. Um, and they can live forever because they've got eight health. Um, so, yeah. So cool. I mean, a quick look down the 32, there's... Uh... Two, uh, four Wookiee AP5 lists made the cut. Yeah, both, it's a really solid squad. Yeah, both both got knocked out in top 32, but obviously um, consistent um, sort of display from that list again. Uh, 
Kester uh, made another, with another first order list, uh, but his was very different. You know, no, no Kylo, no uh, Malarus or anything like that. That was his um, Hollow uh, with Proud Tradition Pattern Analyzer, Muse with Proud Tradition Pattern Analyzer. So those two can basically do red maneuvers, and then I think Muse can remove one, can't he? And Hollow can pass one. Oh, this is a dirty squad. Like, there's He's so been much flying jank. for quite a while, hasn't he? Oh, there's so much jank tied up in this. Like, you, you <laughs> think, oh, oh, he's he's slooped that or he's K-turned that. What's he done? Oh, he's a clown. And uh, No, it's not. He's done it very deliberately, and now he's about to do something horrible to you. Well, this is it. Like, um, um, if Charlie... I think Charlie was, like, a, a minute or two away from, like, missing uh, registration for the top cut, and they would have repaired, and I would have had to have played Kester... And that's a much, much harder top 32 game for me. And I was not looking yeah. forward to a repair there. Because that combo of Pride Tradition and Pattern Analyzer is um, off a red move. It's um, it's double mods. <laughs> and then yeah. and then Hollow slings the slings the uh, stress to Muse and then Muse bins it off. So, yeah, <laughs> it's um, yeah, it, it's a bit like Nyan but without all of the shenanigans required to land in range one of something, you just yeah. do those K-turns whenever you want to and- grab a... Double just, mod. I'm going to say as well, like Hollow and Muse can also, uh, if they take target locks, that also then triggers for Revis as well, being able to take a target lock. Yeah, yeah so. Yeah, oh, it's, it's disgusting, this list of casters. I've, I've, he's thumped me with it once, and I hope I never play him when he's using that list again. Um, he's very, very pl- friendly and polite and, you know, gentlemanly while he hands you <laughs> your art. Um, it's like, thanks very much, Caster. It's been a pleasure. Um, so yeah, you know, say so an interesting thing. It's um, for me is uh, I have not seen any droid gunships in the top thirty-two, and just looking, I think Andrew Prevo, who's been on the podcast, I think he looks like to be the top uh, gunship list in thirty-five. Uh, so Ben Wet, no, no, that's a hyena. Yeah, I just searched for a Bactoid. <laughs> yeah, it's Andrew. Yeah, so that, that was quite interesting. I actually, that was one of the thinkings for me for doing Initiative 2, is I felt that the uh, the four gunship list would be quite popular. Yeah, I'm surprised that there wasn't more of them. Um, but he's done well. He's got to 35, so he's gone 4 and 2 and missed out in MOV. Oh, no, no. I, I, um, yeah, he, he, yeah, as I say, he's done well. I just expected to see more. I mean, I didn't play against any during the Swiss event. Yeah. So. I mean,. All I mean, there's there's the, the the normal spread of them through the rest of the event. You know, there's some down in the um one and four and two and four kind of area, mm-hmm. uh, one and five and two and four area, and some you know. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, so we've been through most of the list. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, th- I think it's interesting because I think we we, we, ha- we have touched on new stuff. It's not like it's the same old, same old. Um, so certainly with the points change, the new new releases we've had, uh, we have seen some uh, maybe n- not necessarily like sweeping changes, but you've seen some of the older style lists like five A wings as such, or or uh, you know other sort of lists coming uh, back in with with new upgrades, or you know you've got the occasional uh, new ship featuring in old lists, which I think is quite nice, quite refreshing, sort of mixing things up. I was just looking down the. Um... The standings and there's a definitely a pattern of people have played till two losses and dropped because there's a, a huge chunk of the bottom half of the table is people who are like one and two or one and three or you know two and two or three and two and it's like people have just gone yeah yeah no I'm I'm going to bed now. Well, I think yeah, yeah I think I think that's a mixture of it being on Chicago time zone. 
So yep. a lot of the Europeans would have, uh, so mainland Europe would have been starting at 5 p.m. game one. So probably looking at about nine o'clock at night uh, would have finished game two, uh, maybe a little bit earlier. Um, and essentially there were no prizes apart from participation uh, until you got to top 16. Uh, and that's, you know, that's fine in a way uh, because it was a $10 event. I'm not, you know, begrudging that as such. I mean... I, I have I have opinions, um, and I'm not oh, going to no, share them. No, sorry, sorry, <laughs> no, sorry. There were prizes. It, it was a thir- it was a thirty five dollar event, and you got to pay the second lot of ten dollars no, no. if you qualified from the first. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but you got prizes from the first event as well, so you did get prizes there. But I mean, so I think there was sorry, I think it was actually there was, was prizes for top thirty two, then top eight. But essentially, if you're not going to make the top thirty two there wasn't an incentive to play on. So I think that's why you do get a lot of drops. And also, if this was Worlds, we would all be in Chicago or in Minnesota in that time zone. And, you know, I think that's a lot easier than playing till three, four o'clock in the morning. Um, yeah. So I, I can, I mean, this is it, absolutely. If I had lost two games, I was dropping, even if I had a, a like fantastic MOV. Um, yeah. you know, I wasn't. Gonna, and the, so. there were two players who qualified, paid, signed up, did everything, and then just didn't turn up. I went. They, they went oh and oh each. So, um, well done, Samuel Dameron. Oh, he's got the best surname. He's got an actual Star Wars surname, unless it's just a cheeky <laughs> internet name. Well, uh, and Dave. Yeah, but they've. Um, yeah, so they. they it, you know, this is it. Personal circumstance. Maybe they've just not been able to make the event for whatever reason. Uh, Probably. Yeah. Um, I think um, Dion did say that he was going to run. Um, he's running some more next year and he's going to have the final happening in GMT uh, or London time, whether it's summertime or... Yeah, so um, he's running he's running a, a league format. He's running four one-dayers and a couple of those one-dayers are certainly London time zone and a couple of them are Los Angeles time zone, which are kind of, like, I think, the two extremes um, of the sort of the popular player bases as such. Um mm-hmm. And then he's doing three two-day events, and they're all running at New York time zone, which is an hour better for us. Um, so you it's know, like four hours behind rather than five or six. It's it's it's, 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 so it's five. Something so like Chicago, Chicago yeah. was six. So uh, rather than starting at four p.m. in the afternoon, we'll be starting at three p.m. in the afternoon. Um, Still which, not great. But well, the London time zones are there. I might actually have a look at the one-dayers because I might be able to get a pass for those, particularly <laughs> if they're running on London. So one thing to bear in mind with this, though, the one-dayers have got um, uh, list format restrictions. Uh, so uh, while the last one's not terrible, because I was chatting to Ben before we started recording the podcast, uh, it is uh, naked. So you can have two to six ships with no upgrades. Uh, and that's Sweet. that's my list basically. Um, yeah, what what one of the three lists that I enjoy playing is is um, no upgrades. Does that include config on X wings? I imagine so. Ugh. I mean, right. <laughs> uh, well, that that's basically just saying you're not allowed to use resistance or republic. Yeah, I mean, he, he, <laughs> or, he might, well, or, or Jedi. Yeah, it's, so there might be like specific. It might say like configs are exempt or or free configs are exempt. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so there is some little. It's, this has made me a bit more of a uh, less competitive and perhaps mixing it up because I suppose we'll be getting into like a year in lockdown by that point because it's like January, February time. Um, so I think perhaps mixing up the list formats could be good um, just to try and sort of. I mean, it also depends what points updates we get, if we get any, because um, I think we do points update February ish. Well, 
Yeah, I think what, what we might want to try and do is um, to get Resident Gold Squadron podcast commentator Darren Granger to come on at some point and um, chat a bit about what Gold Squadron are doing because he's got really good connections with the guys in Chicago after he met them all at Worlds and charmed them, I'm going to say, and leave it at that. Um, but um, I think we've been going on for ages now, haven't we? Yeah, about an hour and ten now, actually. So, Oh, Jesus. Okay, uh, I think we're going to call it there. Uh, has anyone got anything else they'd like to say before we finish? Yeah, um, I would just like to sort of big uh, sort of shout out to all my opponents. A really fun event. Uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, thanks to Dion, uh, D Young, and everybody else that's involved in in running it. Um, you know, it's a lot of time out for them to just sit there and watch other people play. Um, and you know, I think it's been quite good whilst we've been under lockdown to actually you know keep the hobby going and keep the X Wing going. And that also goes to people like Crazy Vulcan and, and those behind actually um, running uh, TTS. Um, you know, it has been a nice outlet, you know, outside of work for me to be able to sort of unwind and play X Wing. Um, so yeah, that's that's all I've got to say. Anything from you, Rich? Yeah, um, just um, I think it's Johnny Cheese and Flipster are the other two main devs um, from the TTS community who they do all of the the stuff in the background and Crazy Vulcan does a lot of the ship rendering. I think Kester actually has started helping out with that as well because he's yeah. very good at that um, art stuff. Um, but yeah, well done to them. And uh, Ben, um, I've been asked to ask you about uh, when our league is starting back up again. So hopefully tomorrow I'm going to fill in all the results that have been sent to me. I'm going to announce the winners and then I should be doing a post about it tomorrow. So So that would be Tuesday. (laughs) So the league's starting again (laughs) soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Knock the Sith out is in like top 16 or top 8 or whatever um, now, isn't it? So yeah, it's it's about time to get the league going again. Yeah, exactly. I guess um, I'm going to say it's obviously we're getting into so Thanksgiving for Americans, isn't it? It will slow down a little bit and then we'll obviously have Christmas for sort of Europeans. So it might be maybe it starts. I don't know if you if you want to start it before Christmas and then maybe we have a slightly longer break for people to get games in over the Christmas break. Or Yeah, that, that sounds sensible. Yeah, see how it goes. Because there's not many things actually running at the moment, many, many tournaments like the ready room's about to start. Um, or has just started at time of listening, um, as opposed to time of recording, has just started like a, a roulette, one where you have three lists, and then your opponent picks from them at random. Um, and I think um, the Steel City one is starting soon as well, which is the one where the, the unique identifiers taken off all the cards. You can fly like two Poe Dameron's or two Anakin Skywalker's or whatever. <laughs> um so they, those of us starting up, but apart from that, there's not a huge amount of the the free do one game a week kind of events that yeah. have been over. So um, we'll probably get the league back up and running in the next couple of weeks, probably. I suppose. Yeah, I've got some free time to myself on Tuesday, so I can sit and do, not anymore like admin <laughs> things. No, no, that's what I've, I've set my free time to do that with. Oh, you find it fun? Good. No, Tuesday is usually my gaming time, but we're not allowed to do that anymore. So. Fair enough. Do bits of other things, and just before we go, I'd also like to just give a quick shout out to the uh, the guys who make Launch Bay because I don't think they get enough credit because mm. oh, that's yeah, my Andreas. preferred app. I I love that app. Is it Andreas? He's called Andre Andre Lind. Yeah, I don't know who makes it, but I love it, and I don't feel he gets the shout outs he deserves. Yeah, it's a it's a super good app. I, it's where all my lists are. I Not transfer same. them into Yasby when I need to copy and paste them for TTS. But yeah, I'm exactly the same. I will say, actually, one thing that worked really well at the weekend, uh, when you got your 
matchup, we, the first thing we had to do was send each other our Yasby links for um, uh, our squads, and that made like there was no you know discussion over trying to work out points or slowing the game down. That worked really yeah. well. So I think it's uh, Rathios, isn't it, that runs um, Yasby? Um, and basically, I, I've got like two monitors, for example, and I just had that both my squad and my opponent's squad on the other screen. And Dion specifically said at the start of the event that that is absolutely fine. And then you could just basically just ticking the half damage, full damage, and you know it just sped the game up so much. Just having having that open and having that tool available. I think it makes, it, it makes the, the game thing, a bit. To be yeah, it does. But I think um, I think the Dion said just to basically just wanted to stick with oh, one one version, one one system for the entire. But I mean, Launch Bay on my phone's fantastic, and I've I've used that since um, you know sort of two point really sort of kicked off. Yeah, um, same. And you know the calculator function on that does the same. You know, working out the points and what have you. But yeah, no, it's it's. I mean, this is it. There's a lot of people out there who are. Uh, essentially doing this for free you know a lot of people in the community uh the guy behind tabletop to uh i think it's dennis in australia he's helped us out a lot uh, in the past with making sure you know stuff runs smoothly um the guys behind all the you know the list building apps and it's all just yeah keeping things going whilst you know we're obviously under lockdown not playing these big events and yeah where you can support these guys yeah, I've actually broken my I don't pay people for stuff on the internet rule to throw some to tabletop TO because like it's struggling like infrastructure wise because obviously not just X Wing is using it to run events on. So, you know, his load is getting bigger, his server costs are getting bigger, his storage costs are getting bigger. Um and I think his standard um monthly donation is five Australian dollars, which is like two pounds eighty eight P. Um, so, and he sends you a really nice email that tells you that you're an awesome human being when you send it to him. So, um, I'm just, you know what? And I, I've realized I use this an awful lot and I've never done that. So I'm going to set that up now. So there's a donate button at the bottom of his page. I'm going to set myself up a little donation as well. Cause I think that's well worth it's it. It's something I've been meaning to do. I just keep forgetting. Go and do it now, Ben. I can't have to shut my laptop down, but I will do it all tomorrow when I'm on the convenient, laptop. Convenient, convenient. Yeah, <laughs> because I've been trying to wrap it up, but you keep blabbering. <laughs> this is high quality content now as opposed to going through lists it's fine <laughs> right so we're going so it's goodbye from Rich goodbye uh, goodbye from Tim goodbye and goodbye from me I'll see you next time guys top 8 baby <laughs>